Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Weekly DLC. I'm one of your hosts, Karosh, joined always by my co-host, Daniel Vargas. And Daniel Jang. He stole my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with what we do, we come to you every week. Uh, we sit around a table. Uh, this week, there won't be video for this, um, but um, we usually sit around a table. We come to you we, with some fun topics, usually nerdy in nature, games, movies, or whatever, and... Um, we have some fun. We hope you have some fun. This is episode, I believe, 83. 69 plus 12. Let me double check. Yeah, so 81, 82. Yeah, 83. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pre-recording this a little bit early. We're still in Seattle. Um, and we're winding down to re- to our return to SoCal. Um, guys, how have you been? Good. I've what been, been good. up to? Uh, just woke up from a nice, refreshing sleep. Took a bath. Feeling fantastic right now. You took a bath. I took a well shower, I guess. Uh-huh. Whatever. I was like bubbles, <laughs> bubbles. Uh, refreshed. Hold up, this is bothering me. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Um, played some Monster Hunter Switch and the Messenger. Um, a lot pretty of the much. Messenger. Yeah, a lot more of the Messenger than Monster Monster <laughs> Hunter Switch. I like Monster Hunter Switch. I didn't have to start from the beginning. Transfer to save and yeah, so yeah. The weekend, the the convention weekend started off. I was like, man, we're gonna play so much Monster Hunter this weekend. This is gonna be fun. And then immediately we're like, messengers out. We can play it. <laughs> All the eight bit music. Yeah, playing. Um, yeah. Messenger and I don't know. I played a little bit. I haven't put too much time, and I really do want to spend some time with it after I beat the messenger. Um, into the breach on the sw- it just came out on the switch it's like a tactical R- like tactics style game turn based game tactical rpg yeah um no t- tactical turn based rpg yeah <laughs> i don't know tactical turn based game yeah anyway so it's like a little grid but it is not how other tactics games are where it's like I feel like other tactics games start easy and they build up and ramp up in difficulty. Mm-hmm. It immediately throws you against the odds and you're like, shit. Like, oh, fuck. And I was reading up on posts on like people like saying, like, don't let that deter you. It's part of the game. And it's in, it's in the sense that like that steep learning curve that a Souls game or a, more, a Monster Hunter game would have in that once you overcome that learning curve, then it clicks and it, the game starts becoming good. But I'm loving the aesthetic and everything. It's been good, but... Yeah, the messenger has just been dominating this weekend. Um, let's. Uh, do you guys want to jump, jump into topics? Mm-hmm. I just. <laughs> we haven't really had too much else to do besides. Well, we've, already <laughs> we've already talked about everything else in our previous, all the other ones we've been doing. We've been doing small little episodes. Exactly. Uh, Vargas brings up a good point. We have had a lot of uh, PAX debriefs, so. We've been like dropping little bits every day during the PAX week, which should be out when you're listening to this. Um, we had a few interviews that I think went really well. Um, so please give those a, a, a look and listen. Let us know what you think if you enjoyed them. Uh, we're going to try and do more of those uh, in addition to our regular content. That that was a lot of fun for us to do. Um, but yeah, with that, we'll jump into the topics. Um, I feel like since mine is sort of like convention related, we can... And we just were at a convention. That works. Um, I wanted to talk about what are some of your favorite activities or like booth engagement 
Like when you're at a convention, there's a wide variety of things that a booth or a, or a company can do to engage with like the, the attendees. And what are your, some of your favorite ones? And maybe even talk about some of the ones that you didn't like. What are things you don't want them to do? So if they listen to this, they're like, oh, make sure not to do that anymore. Well, I, I have one already. Um, something I realized is competition. I really like competition. Um, so we did, uh, we went to, um, I keep forgetting the name, Super and Thunder. I don't know why I think super for some reason. Um, <clears throat> they had a um, a game where you have to bike down a mountain, um, and and the fastest time gets or t- essentially is a winner. So they made it in a competition, and whoever gets the fastest time can get can get um, Steam World League Two, and I believe the game that we were playing the the downhill game. <clears throat> I don't think it was Steam World League Two. No, no, I, I think I mean, it was just the, the just shirt, the two that we just were the trying. shirt and. Maybe uh, no, you got you signed up for something. It was like a copy of the game. It was a chance a to win a copy of a game. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Um, so I I really enjoyed it. Like even though I had to wait a, a while, I, I really enjoyed that time. And then in in the same term, something that I hate, and this is um, uh, something that I noticed a lot of booths had is there wasn't a time limit for people to play a demo. It was like they're able to play, and this I'm 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 referring to. Like if if it was a competition, which these demos weren't, um, I would like them to have like a certain amount of times. Like you die five times, you know you gotta have, you gotta have the next person move on so the lines move faster. We were trying to play my name or my friend my friend Predro, um, and it was we I felt like we didn't even move and we were there for like a good what twenty twenty five minutes forty five minutes didn't feel that long but yeah like we it felt like we didn't even, we moved around a corner and that was it but that was like four people probably so one thing that uh this is from e e3 from many many years ago um nintendo used to have like these people with 3ds's attached to them so you'd be waiting in line and you can kind of like don't you're not really waiting in line because you're there's someone with the 3ds i don't know why they can't do that with the switch they, i haven't seen it I have seen it in another convention, but I can't remember. But Sorry, what do they do? So they have people walking around with like four 3DSs, and then like they just walk around. If you're in line, oh, do you want to play this? Oh, and then they'll, like, they're like a portable can, demo station. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They, okay, uh, they've only done it in E3 then. I, that's huh. a, yeah. I wish they would do something like that because like line waiting is one of the. When you went to, and they did that, was that still when it was like press and media only? No, that was everyone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh no 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 no. That that at that time it was pressing. Maybe it's only. like the yeah. worry that's you know people just regular attendees don't. Uh, there's no like they can't they could can be like oh you at IGN I know if you mess up my 3ds we can talk to your company mm. if a random uh, you know family or, or dude just or, or someone comes by they're like I don't know who you are I can't there's no accountability. Um, I kind of it's it's. I know we're we're we we're at a gaming convention, but some of the things that I like at gaming or comic or whatever conventions, I like um, having a having the activities of the venue streamlined into sort of like a um, checklist or a quest. I know PSX did this. I loved how they were like, "Hey, you want the platinum trophy? Oh yeah, you got to go do X, Y, and Z." And it's essentially like if you look at it in broad sense, it's just experience the convention, but in a in a curated sort of way. Yeah, like experience two VR games, experience three indie games, experience one of our big booths, um, go to the food truck or 
check out the merch you know rip um <laughs> and then other venues have done it too like uh at e3 it's not even part of or not e3 uh comic-con um it's not even part of the convention but in the marriott hotel nintendo's been doing this thing where when you get into their little nintendo uh, demo area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they give you like a little passport or checklist it's like if you fill this card out there's a there's a either a prize or you know you accomplish something yeah. and i always like like that i'm like all right, I, I'm working towards something that, like, it kind of, like, when I go to a convention, I try to have goals prior to going in. As we've said many times, we're pre and post uh, conventions, like, what did you want to do? What did you do? But this kind of helps me stay focused mm-hmm. or gives me a focus. I like that. Uh, I, I think PAX this year, since we're, we're still doing PAX today, um, they have something similar with the pins. They have, like, a checklist um, the pins tell you um, a very broad sense of where it's at, and then they tell you to go to the uh, the app. But and then that brings my point up to the app, or, or like uh, moving on to the app. I do like when conventions have very nice schedules set for you, and that it's like um, constantly change. Like it's like uh, obviously an app is interactive, and you can constantly be it updates for you. Like hey, now it's six o'clock. This is what's going on, and then like. They have a really nice calendar thing. They've got, like, a map on the app. That's something that's really nice, especially, like, with PAX being so big, it, it, it helps really navigate through um, uh, conventions where other ones just give you that, like, the paper one to, to work with, and if you never picked it up, well, you're going to have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. The one thing I would require to go with what you're saying, like, I like the, the digital, like, schedule map stuff, but a lot of times these many conventions have poor cellular service, and so when they want me to engage with their, like, let's say, like I said, like the PSX and some of these other ones, they'll be like, scan the QR codes and upload. And that's how you record your progress. I can't like, I'm like, hey, can we get a hotspot off a friend or like, is there a free Wi-Fi we can log on? Or can I, do I need to take a screenshot of something before going into this venue? I feel like that should be in tandem with what they're doing now, which I like this. The direction they're taking it is just that part is like making it a little bit like a struggle so um i'm trying to think of stuff that i don't care for i don't care for i think it's got to be it's circumstantial with the time limit thing for me because if it's a if it's a booth that's like i'll use an extreme example like spider-man i don't think someone should be playing for like eight hours like you know a 40 minute demo or something it should be like 10 minutes set like 12 people get leaves another mm-hmm. 12 people come in or i from what i'm hearing smash is pretty quick like it's nintendo's thing they just go play go out um but other booths where i feel like there's like when you're going to um something i enjoyed about the thunderful one for instance and many others like it they had one or two like hot games that they're showcasing but they had a bunch of other of their like older games that are available like steamroll dig and so and you could just pick up the controller play a little bit put it down like there was no it was kind of casual it was like a how you would see like a best buy or a GameStop. they're just free to play no real i wouldn't say demand but it wasn't like what they've come to showcase but it's there for you to like ex- like explore or discover so i don't know i that for me like with the time limit is it's like a give and take I like it when they uh, incorporate like like Fortnite. They incorporate lazy links into like an activity. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite experiences was at San Diego Comic Con, which was um, Castle Rock. Mm. They made a bed and breakfast, but it was a like a haunted maze you had to traverse. And 
Yeah, it was just they incorporated that show into a physical mm-hmm. activity. What's something that you didn't like? And in lines, in, in. <laughs> I mean, like, I wish there was like a fast pass thing. They do have it for certain games, but how, we, we, there's no information on the fast pass thing. Like, I, I feel like fast pass though. It's like, again, it's first come first serve, and you had an issue like with uh, you wanted a signing from uh, uh, I believe New it was Final Fantasy. Oh, um, that one. Yeah. Uh, what was he like a director or what was? character design oh okay and um yeah i mean you you rushed like doors weren't even open as soon as they opened you rushed you ran you knew exactly what section to go it was the closest to it you ran there and they're like yeah we're sorry we're sold out of the or we're out of the fast pass essentially and you're like what the fuck like and they're like yeah there's people that just kind of somehow get in earlier would you prefer it like psx where it's through the app and that's like Instagram. It's it's similar, but through the app, you I feel like you have a better chance. You're not trying to like rush to if it was whatever the app. I don't think it should be the day of at the venue. I think it should be prior yeah, to the venue because like we have internet <laughs> issues. Because you guys showed it to me before with Comic Con, like you could pre-register for like uh, merch. Like there was like exclusive merch, and and they do the ticket thing, like what you're saying with signings yeah. too. Just do it before. Another thing that some of these bigger conventions are doing that I like, but others need to do, is having like up to date info, like of what's going on in and around. And it's hard because there's just like with some of these bigger ones like San Diego and PAX, it's not just the convention; it's surrounding the convention. How do you keep up with that? And I think those two venues specifically have done it well. I think a lot of these other ones um, have are making progress towards that, but are not there yet. Um, one thing I, I like is I like stuff where it's like citywide. So like, um, I remember one year, one of the first years I went to Comic-Con, it was Dark Knight hadn't been released yet, <clears throat> but it was like coming up. Like, I think that Comic-Con was where they released the first teaser when I was going and they had us at the convention. Like you weren't even in the convention. It was outside. It's like join the Joker's army and you would wear a mask and you would do a scavenger hunt around downtown San Diego. And when, if we succeeded, that cued the release of the trailer worldwide. That was pretty cool. Like, I felt like we were part of something. And we had a little memorabilia. And <laughs> um, so that was fun. At PAX right now, the Diablo thing I thought was smart. Not, not too much, but just enough to do. And then they weren't even stationed in the convention. They were, like, at a restaurant. And Bethesda's doing that, too. And a few others were doing that, where they're, like, at restaurants stationed. And they partner with those restaurants to, like, have a menu or have a theme or something. I think that's clever. But the Diablo thing, like, they need to be more clear with the instructions. Like, we had to take a selfie with the sign, but oh. it doesn't say that. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is definitely a gripe. Um, it holds up the line. It just yeah. creates this, like... Uh, Holds up the line. Yeah, clear instructions to go with that. But the actual activity was kind of like, oh, day one, do this. Day two, do this. Day three. And it's like you're kind of doing those things. So, I don't know. That's my, my last little thing. I And I'll just agree with you. I, I do, or I will agree with you. I do like things that bleed outside of the event. Um, allows people that can't afford or can't just, you know, win the lottery to get into this conven- these conventions. No. Um, to also enjoy certain things or experience certain things. So that, that's really cool. Cool. All right. Next topic. Yeah, let's move on. Um, we can do mine. Okay. So uh, obviously, um, 
we, we just recently traveled to go to, to Washington, um, and then we're going to travel back to California soon. Um, I, I just wanted to know, like, what what fears, um, whether they were, you know, like um, standard fears you feel or, or, or something that was just an irrational fear of of, of traveling? Like, what, you know, do you, do you fear not packing everything up right? Um, or like, like, like something, the dumbest thing, you're taking toothpaste and for some reason they're just like, because of this toothpaste, you can't take this whole entire bag with you or anything that you, you know, like it just comes up in, in your mind that you fear. I think for me, one of the biggest ones is I overpack. Like, especially with boxers, I'm always par- fear, like terrified. I'm like, I'm not going to have enough boxers. And that's like my worst nightmare. I don't know why. Never like, trust a fart. <laughs> Just go commando. All right, that's you heard it here. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> no, um, that's one. Another would be like uh, the overpacking thing is is two handed because I'm like, okay, I'm overpacking on the way there, and then usually I'll I'll have a few things, or things won't fit as well as they did when I packed originally when I'm trying to put them back in, and like I'm I'm terrified of like not having space for for my for whatever I have on the return. Um, those are some. My number one fear is uh, leaving something behind. Like if going or coming back. Uh, no, coming back. Um, like if I left the Kindle behind, like <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. That's like yeah, dude. Like something valuable too, like yeah. a Switch or a Kindle, or just like even like you know, because I like to carry it. What yeah. if I like play a demo? I'm just so amazed by it, and I just leave it on the counter, and it's gone forever. Some kids like nice. <laughs> I've been. Si- I saw some uh, on the pack subreddit. Someone was literally taking a video of something before going off, and he put his bag down, and he saw someone running off with his bag, and he couldn't catch up. But he posted the videos like, "Can you help me find this person?" I was like, "Fuck, that's uh. sad." But th- for me, it's not as much. I I do have the fear of leaving stuff at on the return. I think it's forgetting something on the trip. Like, I have my badge. I have my keys. Fuck! I forgot my toothbrush. Or yeah. fuck! I forgot yeah. like like that. Exactly. Like I fu- I forgot my deodorant, so I had to buy. Uh, I went to like the Target, like the that's that's around here, and bought like the travel deodorant. It sucks though. It's not. I'm not used to like that type of deodorant, and yes, I'm not used to subpar deodorant. Um, but yeah, I, same thing. I I carry. I I tend to carry a lot, especially art undergarment wise, like socks and and underwear. I just start. I bring like you know double this the amount like three days. Let's bring six pairs. You know, <laughs> so you touched on something that I really want to stress and emphasize. Not enough people put an emphasis on deodorant. Please, <laughs> for the fucking love of God, we need to make a PSA. We need to make a PSA. <laughs> the weekly DLC. Talking about bo, and dude, that should be our first sponsorship. We should partner with like a deodorant company. Oh my god! Just go to conventions and just be like, we we swipe people if they. <laughs> we'll do like the that goose, uh, the duck oh, cam. The duck. We'll just have like it'll show the deodorant, and then we'll come up to people and just swipe their armpits. Oh man, <laughs> we'll get in trouble. Um, what else? What other fear do I have? Um, being strip searched. In <laughs> So I uh, in the on the on the way to, to Washington, um, I got like randomly selected to be uh, to use like the the uh, the X-ray machine or whatever that they had. Oh, okay. And um, I guess Jang, he's like his first thought is like, oh, I hope they search search him. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
But um, for me, I, I was going to ask at airports, like it's not following the protocol. Like I, I had it, I think three times I've been put a step, uh, told to step aside because something looked like incorrect. Mm-hmm. The first time I forgot I had a like a i went camping and i bought like a a a foldable knife i didn't even think twice about it but then i had to mail it to myself so they're like i was like fuck this thing cost more to mail from the airport than it did to buy i I, no, it happened again once i was like fuck, i'll just take it okay (laughs) the third time it was like i got one of those think geek multi-tools that fold they couldn't tell what it was so the guy like pulls me aside going through all my bag and i'm like God damn, like this is just like a frustration, but I'm also like holding up my family yeah. when we're trying to get to the terminal. And then they he pulls it out, and finally I'm like, "What is it that he's trying to find? I don't know. What, like, he, I can't inter- yeah. get involved." And he finally pulls it. Out. I'm like, "That thick, that stupid piece of shit." And I'm like, "Yeah, you just fold it." He's like, "Okay, all right." Um, and he's just like, "Here you go." I'm like, "What? No." I you know what? I I haven't had an experience like that where they find something small like that. Um, but you telling me it's actually nice to know that they like that. I, I didn't know how detailed these x-rays were because sometimes things are layered yeah. and I feel like it covers other things. Yeah. So they'll be like, ah, oh, that looks like that or whatever. But yeah, like if I didn't know that they have to li- literally distinguish every single article and if they can't, they got to look I, at it. I forget what airline it was though, but around that one of those times I was putting one of my backpacks up in the, um, overhead bin Yeah, and a pair of scissors fell out and I'm like. Did no one check these? Like, I didn't even know I had those in there. Yeah. And I'm like, these were okay? I feel like these would not be okay. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I put it away. Like, it wasn't to try to do anything. Some people it, saw it and they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. I think the other thing, okay, is th- th- on the airplane, <laughs> I have an anxiety of, like, things people can do or say. And that's something that I did. That we talked about. I mean, that was, like, a little funny sampling of it. But I don't like, know if that was some a people, funny like, sampling. Well, like, for instance, my dad talked about something where he's like, he was on a flight and he actually helped resolve the situation. It was an international flight and there was a lady, no one knew what language she was speaking and she, she was English wasn't her language. So she was trying to like convey to the flight attendants in a panic, sort of like something, but they couldn't tell. And it turns out it was Farsi. So my dad realizes this and like the flight attendants were like, Hey, does anyone speak, you know, Middle Eastern or anything? And we're trying to figure out what she, and they, and then my dad went in, she had a dog with her. She wanted to use the bathroom, but not have one of the flight attendants watch the dog. And so my dad helped them decipher that. And like, <laughs> she was like ready to like, she had to go to the bathroom oh bath. My gosh. And it caught, and it's like, people were getting nervous yeah. because she was speaking in, a, in another language. Yeah. But like, that's, that's something that you're like, oh shit. Um, something I remember seeing was I was returning from a flight and we hit some turbulence on the descent. And all of a sudden, like, the flight attendants had gone through and checked all the bins and made sure they're secure. All of a sudden, like, we hit a little bit of turns, and one of the bins opened. Nothing fell out, but one yeah. of the bins just opened. And everyone just was like... <sighs> and they're looking for the flight attendants. They're all buckled up. They're like, okay. And some dude just, like, reached, closed it, and, like, sat down. Because it's, like, it's the funniest. <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't know what to do. Someone fucking closed that thing. <laughs> um, I'm Turbulence kind of scares me yeah like air, you see those videos of hitting air pockets and you see people just <laughs> fly up to the ceiling <laughs> yeah, like that, especially sorry. if you have to go shinsengumi <laughs> like that's another thing no taking uh, using the uh, the airplane bathroom under turbulence is hard it is very difficult there's a handle in there there's a 
<laughs> There's a handle in the bathroom when for a reason, and I finally understood that reason. <laughs> You're like, why the fuck would there be a <laughs> handle? And, and I was just like, <laughs> 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 but um, I, I one thing is uh, what because now we're straight straving away from the actual. I mean, um, these are things I'm nervous about. <clears throat> no, I was about to mention something that has oh. nothing to do with the topic. Um. Uh, what else? What else? Um, yeah, I, I pack too much. I have a fear. So I like to pack light in a sense of like carrying one bag and I hate carrying bags. So like I was so worried. I was like, I can fit everything in this one bag. And and the equipment that we're recording on is, is within that bag as well. But then I'm like, when I come back, I'm going to have I'm more than likely going to have extra stuff like souvenirs or stuff that I bought. I'm like, I need to bring an extra bag. And I'm so glad I brought an extra bag because I'm throwing in like other stuff that I wouldn't want to just stuff into the bag because it's it's delicate stuff now. Um, so I'm really glad that I ended up bringing an extra bag. I'm just letting you know, I'm going to get stopped by TSA for my bag again. <laughs> this three, four ticks. What are these? <laughs> you have like, what is it? Like a 55 liter bag? Do you know? I don't know. The size? Because mine it's, is a... Mine is a th- a forty liter bag, so yours has to be way bigger Damn. than that. I think for me, another thing. Um, shit, you mentioned it. <laughs> it's gone. No, 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 no. This I hate this more than anything. Unexpected, like f- you, your flight's been delayed, um, and there's now no guarantee. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Oh, because I've had that where, like, on Christmas Day, I'm coming back. Or on Thanksgiving, I'm coming back to California. And, like, I was like, oh, it's easy. I'll just transfer to SFO, super cheap flight, and then I'll I'll transfer back. And I was there for five more hours. And they're like, you're on a wait list. We don't know if we'll be able to have you on this next one. Oh, that sucks. They don't tell you. It was like, I was like, what is this bullshit? If that happened, I'd be like, messenger party. <laughs> Tell us when <laughs> we're coming back. No, so like delayed flight, and then the other thing that's been annoying me lately is this whole you don't have a guaranteed uh, overhead. Like on some flights, they'll be like, "We have enough seats. We don't like." I'm working on these motherfucking planes. Why don't they just know how many passengers are coming? Enforce the size in which your bags are. I've seen people put like crazy stupid shit above the overhead, and I'm like, "That's sh- no flag that. Put that away." And they don't. And I'm like, why am I now having to check? I don't like checking in bags. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing for me. <clears throat> uh, uh, last last fear, like, you mentioned checking in bags. Me neither, yeah. because I have a fear of, like, them losing my fucking They bag. did that to me once. Yeah. We went to Italy. And it was, like, of all the times, I don't want to lose it on an And the thing flight. is, like, I mean, I don't know if it's a rare thing. I don't feel, I don't feel like it's a rare thing. I, I feel... Feel like it happens quite often to people. You see those memes of how they handle your luggage? It's like, oh Whoa. my gosh! Dude. Like, there's like people with like musicians that have like you know rare ass shit, and like their instrument just gets yeah. fucked up. Dented. That's why I don't like. Uh, that's my main reason I don't like to have connecting flights. Yeah, because there's a chance that it's on that flight and it doesn't transfer to my flight. Because that's we were going. We went all the way to Italy. And we had a small like one hour connecting flight, and they lost it there. And luckily, in my, my luggage, I carried some of my extra clothes. So I was good. But my family was like, we don't have our walking oh, shoes. Shit. We don't have all this stuff. It's like Karosh is only having one pair of underwear this yeah. whole trip. <laughs> Karosh goes commando. The, the international adventures. <laughs> oh, man. Something I realized with Pax is I could have just 
literally not brought shirts. Like I yeah, all the, the, I mean, the, the, so I, I, the one thing I did bring less of, but I still probably brought en- enough was shirts. I was like, I'm gonna be buying shirts, or I'm gonna get some shirt. And sure enough, we got some. Yeah, I brought like four pairs of shirts. Yeah. Um, cause I was just like, I mean, I don't know, something might happen. I didn't think I could get more shirts, but yeah, like I've gotten like two free shirts. Yeah. I've bought two more. For me, the weather becomes a factor with packing clothes. Cause I'm like, man, if it's hot, I need triple the underwear. Cause I'm just going to be sweating through the shit. And <laughs> I don't know. I, like it just becomes a di- uncom- discomfort. Yeah. For yeah. Me. So brought, I'm like, okay. I brought two sweaters. Oh, I don't even know. I had packed one. I had packed one. And then when I was leaving, with uh like to, to yeah. go to the airport i was leaving in the car to get to the airport i remembered i had a, i had another sweater in my car i was like i like that sweater i want to wear that sweater so i put that sweater on now that i were that we're gonna re- packing up ready to get to leave i realized like i didn't need two sweaters yeah. and now this one sweater is taking way too much fucking space and i could put more stuff in yeah. <laughs> all right that's that's Let's hope none of the this, this shit happens <laughs> on our flight back. Knock on wood. Don't play Monster Hunter on the flight. Because I okay. won't be nice. Last topic. So in the Joe Rogan podcast, Chuck Palnick, author of Fight Club, he uh, talks about he was in a writer's group and he told this story that he wrote. And um, several members of uh, the writer's group came up, came up to, I guess, the person that moderates that writer's group. And then that moderator told Chuck a... The rest of the writers don't feel safe around you. Can you please not show up? And so my question is, should literature, should there be a ban on or censorship on just fiction, literature, works of art? I feel like that's a tough one. Um, When I feel like it's tough because I'm a firm believer of like respecting other people's requests um, so like in terms of them asking him like, hey, like we don't you know, this is like kind of like out of our league or this is making us uncomfortable. Um, I get it. But then I don't want like people to stop him from creating his 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 works that that other people can be enjoying, you know. So it's a, it's a tough one, like in the sense of just the writers talking to him, I thought that was it was fine for them. But in a tense in the sense of like a publisher stopping from from creating his work or allowing him to, to write his book. Um, that I wouldn't agree with that. I think there shouldn't be any restriction. I think uh, an artist should write whatever they want. It's, I mean, that it's freedom. It's, it's, it's the expression that you're trying to express yourself. It's an art. It's part of the art form. I think, because in order for it to sell, like this is where it starts becoming a, a the the companies the money side of things, is there's a publisher. So publishers have to like go through it. So that's a check in terms of like whether it. They want it. They want to support them or not. It's up to them. I don't think they like. It shouldn't stop with you creating it. It should stop if people don't feel comfortable publishing it or people don't feel comfortable buying it. Don't don't support it with your money. Don't support it with if you're if you're trying to like get it out or not. I don't know. To me, that's where it's like the 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 mesh of consumerism and art, like that that mesh. Like, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Okay. Um, Stephen King wrote a uh, short story called Rage, and it's about a kid who puts his whole classroom hostage, like with a gun. Um, A lot of these mass shootings have had copies of this book. And so Stephen King made the decision. He's like, you know what? I'm going to self-censor it. So he's like, no more in publication. So like, what if like, there's a work of fiction that instigates or 
inspires people to commit horrendous acts that that is tough i i think it i mean i would like it to go it's i don't know i feel like my answer might vary <laughs> if, if the situation is real but i think you could say that like if if enough crate like if there was like a cult or if there was some crazy group that was like we want to take all of picasso's work and theme all of our murders around it do we stop showing showcasing picasso's work it's i feel like that's sort of like letting them win like when people and this is this might sound cliche i'm kind of just like thinking as i'm talking (laughs) if people say like oh there's a war on terror there's all these like terrorized terrorizing events all over our country to live in fear and to live in it like like just i'm not i'm gonna not experience things i'm not gonna do things i feel like that's letting that win um it's show, I, I'd like to show that like that I would argue that maybe I can try and find a way or I can find the people to show that that artwork or whatever the creation was helped in a positive way. Like that's what my goal would be at that point is like, let's take that same thing and, and try to push it in a positive direction. I don't know. Yeah. Very similar. Um, obviously if like the events, um, uh, like like with the shootings and then there's a book specific to that and and, and there's like a, a link to it um i would i would be okay with censoring it or, or stopping it but um overall like I'd, I'd allow things to go through and then only when when links like that like became became a thing which sucks because then you're you're, you're gonna think like because this was allowed from the get-go is this the reason why these events are happening and obviously censoring it at this point is no reason to because it's the events are already there they're already unfolding um it, it is a tough thing like this is something that um is talked about a lot you know when, when, when it comes to free speech and stuff like that or or being able to do what you want um but i i am i, I really do agree with like having allowing people to say what they want and then people that want to listen can listen and people that don't can just move on and and listen to the next thing that they want or or read the next book that they want i think an interesting um maybe a whole nother topic i've Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about recently is so you're saying jang you brought up the the devil's advocate thing of like stephen king took took ownership of it and said like i'm i'm preventing it at what point then does a creation that you have become like not become the creators anymore and become the owner, like, do you, when you have a sense of ownership over something that you've made, you're like, I've made this, but then everyone that you've you've showcased this to takes it in, like, they feel like an ownership of it. Like, this has influenced my life in such a way. I feel like to a not as an extreme a, a, a degree, but still sort of like hard. There's been all this negative negativity with the Star Wars fandom, and it's stopped. It's like. That's not what the intention was with Star Wars. It was to enjoy like a, a sci-fi fiction and stuff, and it's end up like th- through this creation, many celebrities and and just people who are like, I want to do my work. This is my job. They're getting shit on by like people for for a portrayal of a character. Like the kid that played little Anakin, went through some therapy I think because of like all the shit he got for playing that role and for those how bad those movies were. Like that had a negative impact on him. And I'm like, do you just what Even do you do uh, then? Like, the actor for Jar Jar Binks. Like, he lives in fear. Simon Pegg said something, and it like kind of like hurt him, and Simon Pegg apologized like pretty recently. So I'm like, like, He didn't know that yeah. it caused... Saying something like that causes such a... It creates like the snowball effect of... But like, do you do then the... Cre- like, does George Lucas, when he first created, does he like, should I just 
like not allow people to have this this work whereas there's people that have it's like so many kids that's become like something they grew up with and they have a positive light and it's a struggle i feel like that ownership like what you're what you brought it up it kind of like made me think of that but i i don't know what do you i'm an advocate for free speech so like yeah like you said just because one person takes it one way not everyone takes it that way. That's the thing. Ten like, more could yeah. be taking it in a positive direction. It could have one of those people could have been inspired to do something great. It's like the whole like video games violence like whole debate. Like a lot of people play video games, and a lot of them are not violent. Yeah. So. No, they they there was an interesting study. I gotta find the and find it and share it. It was with specific to video game violence. It was showing per capita how many how much other countries. Uh, spend on those same violent video games and the violence in those countries is nowhere near equal to the violence in our in our country and it's like a like showing you that isn't like it is clearly not it, it, a universal thing it's a america like specific thing um but yeah that's that's a video game but <laughs> that's a different <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you know, I, I don't want to be, I feel like that what I'm going to, I'm going to say right now is like a cheap way out, like as an answer, but, um, again, I'm also an advocate for free speech. Um, and yeah, there's always going to be people that, that take something differently, um, or, or use it towards, towards their, you know, their goals, whether they it be, be it bad or be it good, but it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to do it that way. So there's always more. At least that's what it feels like. There's always more good than there is evil. It's just sometimes we focus on the evil so much that it feels overwhelming or it feels like that's what's ahead of it. I think because it's so loud. Like mm -hmm. when you see one incident that's evil, you don't think of like the 30 that really like not noticeable. It doesn't catch news. It isn't sensational. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's that. <laughs> okay. That's uh, that's. I've been uh, that interview was really interesting for a lot of reasons. Like I, I thought about what you were saying a little bit when I was listening to the Chuck Palahniuk interview, and also like how he viewed the writing process. Like that in, in itself was very interesting. So I'm I'm as a writer um, could it be a feature topic. Yeah, could. But like just hearing his viewpoints and like I'm now interested in how other writers think. I like how he said in the interview where like people read books to like relax and put him to sleep but not to be shocked and like jarred and that's his and like engage them and like push them in different ways challenge them um yeah that was that was cool i liked how he was like another thing he said he's like writing to him isn't like you sit in a quiet area it's like it's a it's a, a social experience oh that's our room service <laughs> awkward All right, so we're <laughs> we had our room service walk in, so awkwardly at the end should have finished it quicker. Uh, that was our producer. Um, <laughs> we're we're set. We're set. We got to go to a panel real quick. Yeah, surprise panel. I uh, will be there. He's asking when this going to be released. <laughs> um, yeah, with that, where can people find you guys? Uh, they can find me at the Folio three sixty five on Instagram, and then the Folio all other media in California at the Last Bosses everywhere. Find me at Kujo Prime. You can find us all at the weekly DLC. Um, please check out our, our stuff we've been recently doing with the packs. We'd love to hear what you guys think, like I said. Um, leave reviews, uh, comments, anything. We, we want to just hear back from fans and what they think of it. 
And uh, yeah, so enjoy. And until next time, we'll DLC you later. <laughs>